The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole, your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, Do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. It's good. Jesus is really stirring it up, and I'm happy, I'm happy to be reading this Gospel passage. And of course, we're going to choose the long version because we're going to get... We're going to get as much of the Sermon on the Mount as we possibly can. Because this, this text and chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew's Gospel are, again, said it last week and say it again, are absolutely foundational to everything that it means to be a Christian disciple. And this is central to Jesus' announcement of the gospel of the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God. And so what we have before us, it's not Jesus giving us a list of things that are good advice, good to live by. Some of them are absolutely ridiculous. If you, if you come to the altar but realize you have something against your brother, leave your gift there and go make peace with your brother. That image is absolutely ridiculous because he's speaking to people who are in Galilee. It's a three days walk from Jerusalem. What, are they going to leave the animal they brought for sacrifice for a, an entire week in the temple before they come back and make sacrifice? No. This is absolutely ridiculous if we're looking at it as good advice. But if we see it as the good news of 
Jesus preaching the kingdom of God, that God is king, and so there are things that have to change, then we can start to see it in its proper light. And this, what Jesus is saying here, is he's unfolding what it means to, as we heard last week, what it means to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. He's going through step by step what that looks like, because he's calling around himself, he's calling Israel to be Israel at last, in and through him, and then through his faithful followers. He's calling Israel to live up to the vocation that they had always had, first and foremost as people who had been created in the image and likeness of God, to reflect God's image to everyone that they met, but then also seeing as, as sin had sin and death had entered into the world, to draw other, to be the light, the, pe- uh, the people that had, that had the one God living and true reveal himself to them, they were to draw others by their light to the one God living and true. And they hadn't lived up to that. And so Jesus is calling, calling his listeners to follow him in being faithful to the life that God had always intended for his people. To be the light of the world and to be the salt of the earth. And the way that he does that is by explain, he's showing them that this was always the purpose, and he goes through step by step what's going on in the law, because we can we can come to this idea and think, well, okay, if we just if if we just follow the Ten Commandments, then everything is going to be fine. In a certain in a certain sense, and Jesus is bringing out the sense that that that, that actually is true. And so he goes through step. He's, he's not abolishing the law and the prophets. He's there to fulfill it. He's br- there to bring them into completion, to bring them into this, into the new light of what God is doing through Jesus. And so he says, so he goes through the, the different commandments one by one. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. Okay, if we're talking about the fifth commandment, great. Are we really living our life by the standard of, well, I've gone around, I haven't killed anybody today, so things are going pretty well. Um, do we really think that that was the purpose of the law in the first place? Jesus is saying, no, it's the things that lead up to that point where you're willing to kill somebody. It's those things that we have to, we have to restrain in ourselves so that we can be the people that God is calling us to be. And that is really what's fundamentally happening here in this gospel passage. Everything that we're hearing today is building to a crescendo where Jesus is going to say part of what it means to be the people of, uh, that follows Jesus, part of, the peop- part of what it means to be the people called by God is that not only are you going to not be angry with your brother or not give in to lust or not, uh, not embellish your, your speaking because you're not an honest person, but you live in the truth, you're, you're a peaceable person, you're self-controlled. On top of that, love your enemies. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's building to this crescendo, it's building to this climax in chapter five, because this is where Jesus is bringing all of this, that all of these things that he's marking out are nothing other than reflections of what it means to live a life of love, a life of self-giving love. This is what it means to be the light of the world. This is what it means to be salt of the earth, is that we have to live lives of love. And And so Jesus is going through the things that draw us away from that. He's going through the different sins that pull us back 
from living a life that is not self-concerned, of living a life caught up in ourselves. And this, this is the thing. If he's calling the people and giving them the power, if he's calling us and giving us the power to be the new Israel, the people who reflect God's image into the world, then we have to do something about the things that get in the way of God's image, the things, the things that really make us less human. And that's Jesus' point. That what, that what we do when we sin, the things that draw us away from God, they ultimately make us less human. Sin ultimately makes us less human, less than human, less than what God had always intended us to be. And Jesus is saying, and this is why he goes to extremes to say things like, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Because sin is a real problem. Sin is what gets in the way of our relationship with God. It's what causes us to be angry with those around us. It's what, it's what causes the breakdown in relationships and causes all kinds of strife in, the, in our society and in our relationships, the relationships that God has entrusted to our care. These things dehumanize us. And ultimately, the, he compares it to Gehenna. Gehenna is this smoldering trash heap outside of Jerusalem. He compares all of these things to basically a dumpster fire. Your sins, the things that cause you to sin, they're trash. Sin is not good. It, draw, it is a constant obstacle to our way, uh, to our way of God, uh, to our relationship with God and our relationship with others. It stinks. It absolutely dehumanizes us and doesn't allow us to reflect accurately the image that we are created in, the image of God. It does, we do not reflect the life of God when we're drawn to sin. And so Jesus is saying, we, we as, as the people of God need to embark on this new way of being human. This is the way of life that God had always intended for his creation, that he always intended for us as his, as the stewards, as the, as the ones who shared in governing over his creation. This was the way of life that he had always intended. And now, through Jesus, we have access to the power, the grace, to be in that image fully and finally. We are able through Jesus and through the power that he gives us to deal with the problems of evil that go right to the very core of our own hearts. We're actually able to let our light shine, the light that we've received from Christ Jesus. We're able to finally and truly be fully flourishing human beings. People that accurately reflect the image of God. People that are not so concerned about following after these different, these different things that cause us to go astray, whether it's anger or lust or dishonesty or any of the other things that keep us from living a life in, of faithfulness to God. Instead, we're able to be people of peace, the people who are truly dedicated to a life of self-gift that, are, that instead of being concerned with self-aggrandizement, making ourselves better and trying to put everyone else down, we're able to look to the other. And not having any sense of self-concern, we're able to look to the other. We're able to meet their needs because we're looking at them, we're willing their good for their own sake. This is the life that we're all called to.
This is the life of self-giving love, the life that seeks to love the other without, any, without expecting any return. And this is exactly why this is foundational. Because we can try and summarize the gospel in any number of, of other ways that, well, if you believe this, this, and this, this is going to make you a good Christian. No, this, what we have before us today, this is what makes us a, a good Christian, living as Jesus has told us. And if we're not working on this, if we're not paying attention to what Jesus is saying here today, then everything else is out the window. It doesn't matter. If you're not paying attention to this, if you're not trying to live the life that Jesus is marking out, is sketching out in the Sermon on the Mount, then you're, not, you're, getting, you're getting it completely wrong. Everything's backwards. Because this is the way to everything else. Living this way of life, this way of life that is changed by the good news that Jesus is bringing in his life and ministry, so that everything change, changes and that we are able to live this life of new and restored humanity, even now, if we're not doing this, then everything else is for show. Everything else is a charade. And so we come here and hear this word proclaimed to us again and again, and we let the words do what they're supposed to do to change our hearts, transform our hearts, and with hearts prepared for that, we come with full heart and full voice, knowing that we fail at this regularly, but we can look to Jesus because we know that the way of life that he's marking out is nothing other than the way that he lived every moment of every day. We know that we can look to him and trust that he's going to sustain us in this mission, in this way of life. And we come here with full heart and full voice, offering ourselves through, within, in Christ Jesus to the Father, because it's Ultimately, this life, the life that he's sketching out, is a life that's lived for God, a life that is putting God above all else and letting everything else by that fall into its right order. And it's the proper worship of God that we come, in, come here week in and week out to offer ourselves to God, that we know that he is going to sustain us. Jesus gives us his very own body and blood. He fills us with his life, with his spirit, so that we're able to... Be the people that is light, that is the salt of the earth. We can be the people that are able to restrain these things that draw us away from God, and we can be the people that are dedicated in all that we do to love. All of this is summarized in love. And if we commit ourselves to the way of love, if we give ourselves to the way of self-giving, self-emptying love, that, that, my friends, is the way of perfection that Jesus is marking out for us. And we trust that he's going to call us after, that because he's called us after him, he is going to strengthen us for that purpose so that we can shine the light that we've received in Christ Jesus to everyone that we meet.